Welcome to Rap In Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap In Order, ladies and gentlemen. I am First Class Reg. I'm Torian V. Today we're getting into a very... <laughs> uh, there's not enough words to say about this uh, this tape and this, um, and this release right here. Um, it was released in 2006. This young man was on fire. Um, we never saw a run like this at that time, and I don't think we've seen anything close to this run since then. I mean, you could probably say future, but uh, but even then, like an argument can be made, a strong argument can be made. Um, what a what a lap, what a lap this young man did. He was he he called himself best rapper alive, and then niggas said, "Yo, you're crazy," and then he said, "All right, watch this," yeah. and he and he dropped. This tape, Dedication 2, in 2006, um, it was a sequel to the very hugely successful the Dedication that came out just a year prior. He once again linked up with DJ Drama. And of course, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Little Wayne. Um, this tape put a lot in perspective for a lot of people. I think this tape was when people was like, all right, you got it. You got it. Everything you've been talking about is cool, you know. And um and and you proving yourself correct. I mean, in the same year, just to give people perspective of how on fire he was, like father, like son dropped that same year. And um and you know, despite how people might feel about that tape, even though it has a lot of highlights, just put in perspective the fact that Dedication Two came out and it was over twenty tracks. Like father, like son came out and he was writing for himself and and baby. For the whole album. So this dude was just burning himself out, but he was delivering yeah. on all fronts. What did you think of Dedication 2? I think that Dedication 2 is the greatest mixtape of all time, just to set the bar mm. straight for uh, what I am about to get into. I think that like what Lil Wayne did was he hit a hard reset on like what people thought of him. And like you got to remember, because he was putting out a ridiculous amount of mixtapes at this time, like Reg said, right? So they were like arguments, and like he was kind of like proclaiming himself as like the best and like there was like rumors like yo is he throwing shots at Hove you know does he have Hove on the ropes and everything like that but like it was time for like someone else to like fill those shoes mm -hmm. and like Wayne pretty much like did that like he and he wasn't like resting on it on it either like he understood like what it took to do this and like he was like very hungry and very like work driven so think about the amount of time, like, he would just be on his tour bus. They would be going from city to city. And, like, he's on the tour bus just recording music, just just giving us some of the best shit ever. Also, this was right after Hurricane Katrina. I was mm -hmm. living in Atlanta at this time, and a lot of Hurricane Katrina, like, Katrina victims moved to Atlanta. So this project coming out and, like, having, you know, and Wayne pretty much being, like, the, you know, the the, the what is the pro protological son? Yeah, protological son of that area coming out and, like, being so successful, you know what I'm saying, was, like, a big deal um, for that city. It was, like, it was kind of, like, a sense of, like, pride. Like, yo, he's from, like, our town, right? Mm -hmm. And him, like, kind of, like, also, like, putting, like, a lot of 
uh, like he was like establishing young money on this project, which was like prominent to me. And then also what I thought was really cool was him putting Remy Ma on the project. That stood yeah. out to me. That that stood out to me more than a lot of besides his like flawless rapping. Him putting Remy Ma on the project, and then him like you know at that time when him and Currency were like you know really good. Him trying to like pretty much like prop Currency up to be like the next like thing coming, mm-hmm. and. You know, obviously, Joel Santana, he was working yep. on a project with Joel's, like, you know, that also stood out to me on a project. Like, I, I the one one track with Joel Santana I really hate, and the other track I really like. Like, with them two, it's always a hit or miss. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, I think I think with this project, it, everything that you said and more, like, as far as, like, you know, you had the crazy... People don't talk about the runners enough as a production. You know, yeah. people talk about Justice League. But people don't talk about the runners and the run that they had, even though it wasn't as long as, say, a Justice League or a Cool and Dre. But it was really significant around this time, especially for artists that were in the South and like um, and in you know Miami in particular and New Orleans. Um, he had them on here. Anybody that was like really popping at that time, you know, you have production from Swiss Beats on here too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, it was really interesting, and I think, and I think him and Drama cultivated something that hasn't been duplicated especially in this way obviously we've had a bunch of different mixtapes come out but not like this it felt like this was around a time when mixtapes were like changing right mm-hmm. because mixtapes were starting to feel like full-length albums mm-hmm. and we were getting them i remember i was living in atlanta at the time so there was this shop that i would go to and like it was pretty much the same thing as like fat beats in new york where like you will go and you will be able to get the mixtape and it was like the official mixtape like directly from DJ Drama so like the covers were like car like hard cardboard they weren't like the paper like bootleg ones yeah. and I remember that was like my pride and joy to be able to buy authentic mixtapes mm-hmm. and you know like no like all right cool like this is directly from like the DJ and the artist like it's not bootleg so you know because I. I really fucked with DJ Drama. I really enjoyed what he did, and he was giving us so much like quality bootleg shit. Right, yeah. Like so, I just thought that that was also dope too, because like you know, DJ Drama is just as big a part of this mixtape as Lil Wayne is, mm-hmm. and like DJ Drama hosting it, and, like his ad libs and everything like that. Because I remember when I was younger, I thought like, oh shit, Lil Wayne is recording this in the studio together. Like no, Lil Wayne records these songs and he sends it over to DJ Drama. Like here, this is what I have for you, and then Drama. Drama Pro, talks a, shit. Yeah, he talks his shit. He A&R's a project and puts everything together, mm-hmm. like, which is fucking amazing. Right? Yeah. So it was just like me learning that and like just understanding, like, all right, cool. Like, this is something, and it's like applying pressure to everyone else. Like, if it wasn't for Lil Wayne, at like there, like there was a point in time where like record labels were like my art, like you had to have a gangster girls project mm-hmm. with DJ Drama. Because you had to feed the streets first and then come out. Like I understand that um Jeezy and DJ Drama and then DJ Drama and, and like Jeezy, I mean and Gucci Mane, like had like some really like great mixtapes, mm-hmm. like fabulous, you know, there is no competition and um did no he didn't do the soul tapes. Nah. But like the the there is no competition series, um and I think Los was with I don't know, I'm making that up. But whatever he did with Fabulous, like you know, Yeah, those he did yeah, there's no competition and I think funeral service. And funeral service, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, like what what he did with like Fab and like, you know, there's like a, a couple other gangster girls that he did, but I feel like dedication to is the fucking bar. Yeah. Like just because like all right, the way that it feels like an album, um, the lyricism, right? Um, the timing because it's right out of Hurricane Katrina 
and like the influence. Like there's there's so many artists that structure their projects, even their fucking albums, the way that this that this particular mixtape was structured. Mm-hmm. Like he rapped over different beats, but he actually had a lot of his own original beats on yeah, the project as well. Yeah. So like that was also a big thing. But the highlight the highlights back then when people was making mixtapes was um because such a big part of mixtapes was the ego and the and the con- and the uh the the competitiveness of taking somebody's beat because you know you had to either match what they did on the beat already or be better at them. And that's what Wayne did consistently around that time mm-hmm. cuz like the first time that it raised eyebrows, I remember it being show show him what you got when he took um when he took Hov's uh show me what you got mm-hmm. and he made show me what you got freestyle and people was like whoa yeah that was in 2006 that was around the time that um that uh Kingdom Come you know yeah Hov's big yeah. re arrival to music um and and Wayne did it and he he's like yeah nigga. Like this is what's been going on since you've been sitting down for three years. Like right. this is what I've been on. And and uh, there's been like reports that like Jay Z like looked and asked motherfuckers like, do I still got it? And of course they said, yeah, Jay Z, you yeah. still the man. But He's no, the man. at that time Wayne was the man. <laughs> they should have told Jay yeah. the truth. Wayne is that Wayne is that nigga. So like, you know, around this time there just was nobody in his way. Like the lane was clear. Yeah. Like he was knocking niggas out. Yeah. Like and not even on some battling, and that's another thing too. Wayne has never really had a full on battle with a rapper. He's had beefs. Yeah, he's had beefs, but he's but never, he's had, never a had a battle with somebody. He never and ever acknowledges Pusha T. Mm-hmm. Like this, what is he why, did once, the, one time Pusha T and anybody who love him. That yeah, line. but like he like the the reason why like and I'm I'm like ladies and gentlemen, I think you should know by now. I am a super duper Pusha T fan, and I'm a super duper Jay Z fan. But I always wonder if Lil Wayne put his energy into like rapping back, like what that would have looked like. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, and he's I think, never cared enough to do it. No, he's never cared enough, and that's the thing. And I think, and he's skilled enough. Oh, and he came at Gilly. I remember he came at Gilly. Call him he, Gilly the Squid. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that's was what I'm it. saying. Like he's him never, just giving niggas like a little bar yeah. and like acknowledge them and then move along. But Wayne, this project works so much for Wayne when you think about it. Because um and these projects, even mixtapes in general work so well for Wayne because that nigga just likes to rap. He don't care mm-hmm. about song structure, he don't care about the chorus, he don't care about the features really. He just wants to rap. You give him the beat, he don't care what the beat sounds like. He's not he's not about A and R in a project. And that's why him and drama work so well together. Because like you said, he would record all this fucking music and be like, yo, here. <laughs> Here, take this. I went <laughs> off on that shit too. See what you could do with it. And it's up to whoever he's working with as a producer to put all this shit together and make it concise and make and give it some type of background. Right. And with the dedication series, what worked so well with it was that literally the premise of it is him rapping and then being like, Yo, I just went off on that shit. Yo, I'm in the zone right now. Yo, drama, what's next? And he'll just put something else on yeah. and it just flows. Like that's that was like the fucking it puts you in this whole zone when you listen to it, like, oh shit, like he's really just burning this shit to the no, ground. It, it feels like a, a, a athlete like going through their workouts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. That that's exactly what this is. Because like it's it's like he it's like a punching bag yeah. for him. And and in between his rest, in between him stretching to punch the bag again, he's next beat shit. is up. Yeah, yeah he's talking his shit and the interludes and the skits 
tie together so well because that's in between him stretching for his next bout. Um, right. Yeah. So let's just get straight into Get Him because mm-hmm. this is like one of the greatest intros for anything, album project, like ever. Mm-hmm. Like the way Wayne goes off on this shit and like... I remember listening to this shit and like getting mad like when they stop. I'm like, yo, come on, keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it emotionally like had, like had me tied to the to the song. Like and how he just kept killing. I'm like, oh my god, like Wayne is fucking amazing. Yeah. And like it was like really like pulling off like off of like the anticipation of like of the, of the song going. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that they did in this project that was great. They was able to stop in the middle of the song and be like, nah, y'all not ready for that. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Y'all not ready, nah. You motherfucker, no. Like, yeah. like I'm ready. Yeah, they'll give you like a minute of some changes, some shit, and just snatch it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then get them into They Still Like Me, which was a really popular song at the time with, from um, them franchise boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, he just, he kept that energy going. Like, this whole, this whole tape, like, it, it's like, you kind of watching this and you already, or listening to this, and you kind of already know what we're going with, with this rating, mm-hmm. but it's okay. You you got you just got to listen to us and see how we get to that end. Um, but he has, what's if you had to pick, though, some things on this album, that mixtape, rather, that you don't really fuck with, what would you pick? Um, what is the first song with Joel Santana? Uh, Concrete Jungle, Concrete, I think. I hated Concrete Jungle. Um, let me see. I hated his skit on ESPN and on the retirement. And I'm gonna tell you why. I know their skits, and I know we usually don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. But like, it was annoying to me because like Wayne was talking. And I was just like, I guess for me, like I understand that people are, are normal people. So him telling me that he watched, I was a nigga. I watch ESPN every day. That's not like nigga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just thought that was stupid. Him talking about retirement, and like obviously now he's talking about retirement like, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And um, like. I just wish I was like, damn man, like, and especially revisiting it now. When I was younger, like, it was dope, but like now, I'm like, I don't care a fuck about this. Yeah. But that, um, for the most part, yeah, like that song with Concrete Jungle, like, really, I really hate that song. Mm, well, well, welcome to the jungle, but yeah, welcome to the jungle. jungle, whatever. Um, yeah, welcome to the jungle. I didn't. It, I think it's the beat that I don't really care for. It sounds like a typical Joel's beat, though. Yeah, it do. Like, it just wasn't needed. And yeah. I, I, I think that Joel Santana is, like, ridiculously um, overrated. Yeah, he kind of is. But he has so much potential, I think. I think that's why people rate him the way that they do. Because they felt like they didn't get everything that he could have given. Mm-hmm. I felt that way, too. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I think on this album... Or a tape, I keep saying album. Um, but I would have to say, nah, Georgia Bush was genius. Yeah. It was genius. Um, I would have to say, Welcome to the Jungle. Um uh, that's what I call it was amazing. Dedication to Wheezy on retirement is yeah. Yeah, if I had to nitpick, it would be some of the skits. Yeah, like like truthfully, like it's not the song, like, because it's like what he was doing on a lot of these songs was really, really fucking dope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about, like, Where the Cash At. That became a fucking single. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Where the Cash At became a single. Remy was, like, on fire at this time, mm-hmm. right? Fresh off of her um, MOP verse. And then like, I think, like, the some, there's something about Remy. Something about came, Remy. Came out, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just like, damn, like, 
Wayne is really, really in tune with what's going on. Because I'm pretty sure at this time, like, if things could have went differently, he probably would have tried to bring, like, Remy over to Young Money. I, oh, I really think. Because she had, like, did something happened with her and Fat Joe anyway. So I think that she was that, super that, loyal. Was, that was in, the, like, discussions and shit like that. But, like, mm-hmm. we'll see. But... What he was able to do, even like with Spitter, like you know what I'm saying, like that, like that was for currency. Mm-hmm. Like so, like him, like propping up people and stuff like that. Like Wayne was very selfless in that case, and like mm-hmm. he, he kind of like wanted, like he was like Mac Main rap on his album. Like, yeah, and it's crazy to me. I'm like, yo, he really loves Mac Main. Yeah, like he, does. he really, really loves him. Like Mac Main, gutta gutta, all them niggas. Yeah, bro. Like I'm just like, yo, Wayne really loved his friends, bro. Like he just be like, fuck it, man. Just yeah. do it. Like, and nigga just he just likes to rap, man. So he don't care. I don't think he's selective at all about who's on the song with him. Right. He's just like, I just like to rap. I'm a rap. I'm gonna do what I'm here to do. What about you? Yeah. And that's that's I think that's his the way that he looks at shit. Um the getting the getting some head uh verse, <laughs> which was a full which was a full um remix with like Pharrell, Ludacris, mm-hmm. but this tape, I like that this tape only put his verse, because you ain't need that whole fucking song. Um, but I do like I do like the whole song. The whole song was cool. And I, I feel like that song is forgotten about. That was a fun time. It was. But that to be on the radio was 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 fun. Nah, man. Ludacris always pushing the envelope. Remember he had the song Use a Hole? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like, he yeah. always pushing the envelope with yeah. radio and shit like that. Like, what he could put on the radio. That's just his sense of humor. And yeah, shit. that was cool. By and, the way, that, that new Ludacris movie with Queen Latifah is fucking ass. Do not watch it. <laughs> oh, I kind of wanted to see that. <laughs> I promise you, you won't be upset. Damn. I mean, unless you just want to watch a bad movie. I mean, you know, I like bad movies. Okay. So, it, so I like. Yeah, I, I was, might still check it out. I was pretty upset with Sarah yesterday. <laughs> Sarah be having you watch some shit, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about highlights because there's plenty on here. So you got Cannon. Cannon, which features uh, Freeway, Willie the Kid, Detroit Red, and Juice. Um, what an amazing... Let's talk about Don Cannon not getting enough recognition as a very, very talented producer. Yeah. And super, like, not one-dimensional at all. Right. Nah, because think about what he's doing with Uzi. Mm-hmm. Like that, and the fact that like he could probably be in the NBA, nigga, like six eight. Yo, <laughs> he's mad tall. <laughs> like this can't this shit is crazy. The the way that they the way that Wayne rapped on here because this is one of those one of those features on here that like he Wayne was so good that I didn't care about nobody else on this song. Even Absolutely. though none of them were bad, I didn't care about nobody else on this song. Yeah, I remember like when when this beat was like. Out of here, and like everybody had their verses. Like Asher Roth um, had a verse on there. Obviously, Freeway is featured on there. Like his verses talked about mm-hmm. pretty highly. Um, I'm trying to think who else had a verse on. Um, um, damn, oh man. Besides, um, Ghostface Killer had a verse on here. Like there were quite a few people that like have verses over this, and I just love that. Like there's certain beats that are so good that everybody wants to freestyle over. Yeah. It. Everybody wants to like give like their their takes to it and everything. I mean, so. shit. We. I don't think to this day we've seen somebody we we've seen a beat get used like a milli. Everybody had a verse. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. LL, Hove, <laughs> Little Mama, Chris Brown, Chris Brown. Um, I don't think any like. Yeah, I think everybody. I think Carrie Underwood had, had a verse to this shit. <laughs> everybody. It got to a point where I was like, yo, is this real? Is Are these people, is the internet like trolling me? But no, those were all real. People was really rapping to that beat mm-hmm. every day. 
Um, and I kind of miss that. It, yeah, that man. doesn't really happen anymore. Um, what else did I? Yo, let's talk here? about. Yo, this is what I call it was really dope because it was really some smooth shit. And I also oh, get yeah. frustrated because like a lot of these, I'm like, some of these songs could have went on this album. This yeah. is what I call it should have went on the album. Yeah. Right. And like it, it just was dope because like the way it starts off with the sample, right? And like he's talking to himself, like, what should I call her? Should I call her Miss? Should I call her Bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that that little brother, little brother beat, and um, it's such a classic song, right? And then again, like I get it, like you know, it was probably Cortez who who gave him the beat, but the fact that like he would hear shit. And he like he was so talented. Even if he didn't fuck with the beat, he still would like find a way to rap over yeah. it. I think that's a that's crazy. I love when he does that too because he tells you openly in his songs when he doesn't like a beat. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't this. like this beat, but I'm a, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it something. Yeah, I just think <laughs> that's dope, right? Um, I also so we were talking about the skits. I do like the skit when he talk, when he says I'm the best rapper alive, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that and like he's just like saying like I am like I'm. Mm-hmm. And you should think that you're the best at like what you doing and, what and you everything do. like that. And like I had to like really stop and like like think that, that to myself, like, yeah, like obviously like we respect Jay-Z, we respect Biggie, we respect um Pop. Well, some people respect Pop. And you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, why shouldn't you think that you're the best when you when you out here? Mm-hmm. And I think that like him like explaining that and then just like putting it to rest is like, yes, I do think so. Like because people were like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, cause I'm fucking nice. <laughs> do you think rap is this competitive anymore? Like obviously, obviously, uh, baby, little baby gets you know the credit and everything like that, but being hardworking and being as consistent as he's been since we met him as a as a rapper, mm-hmm. but. I don't think he's ever stepped up and said he's the best. Because he can't. See, that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing. Because he can't. Uh, rap, I think rap is still competitive, but I don't think that the top rappers right now are the best rappers. But who would you say from this new crop? Okay, if they I'll, give said, you an, I'll give you an example. So, like, Reason and Jid are very competitive with each other. They're yeah. friends, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, they wouldn't, you wouldn't think of them as the top rappers in, in the genre right mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, like, I don't think I'll ever hear, like, Lil Baby coming out saying, like, yo, you know, um, damn, who else is, like, one of the top rappers? Uh, Lil Durk is fucking, ain't fucking with me. Mm-hmm. Like, if they had a comment, like, if they had, like, a beef, it would be, like, over, like, who has, like, a tougher crew, not over who's better lyrically. Right. And shit like that. And I think, like, that's, like, where, like, the issue has come because it's, like, in a sense, it's kind of, like, gang culture has really kind of, like, taken over hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's not about like oh who raps better or who like has like the better lyrics or whatever like that or bars or who's topping somebody else, it it would it would never be like that between Dirk and Baby and and even though like we know that Dirk is probably the definitely the better rapper than yeah. Lil Baby right yeah so like 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 that would be what it what it would be but it would it, with them it will become to violence versus just being on wax but the thing but the thing with the best rapper title that that got thrown around that was cool back then. Was that when people would say it, they would have to show and prove, or they said it and then manifested it. Mm-hmm. They said it before pe- the general public believed it. Mm-hmm. So, like a rapper, I mean, like say how Jacquees was calling himself king of R and B. So people was like, "Yo, fuck out of here, nigga! You're not the king of R and B or whatever." <laughs> but it was up to him at that time to show and prove it. Proving that you're the king of R and B is probably a lot more difficult than proving you're the king of rap or the best rapper out or the best rapper alive because with rapping you just kind of have to stay consistent 
with R&B, there's kind of no threshold to put you there and make people be like, Oh, that that is the king. Yeah, you kind of got like, like a monopoly on, yeah, on the genre. Yeah, child. exactly. Because people already have this fascination and this inkling with like, no matter how successful you get as an R&B singer, people still got R. Kelly in their mind. They still got Usher in their mind. It's hard to just erase that. You can't, you can't erase that. But with rap, it's like a title that gets thrown around every other year of like, yo, that's the best rapper alive shit. Complex does a list every year. Every year for rappers every and year, producers. But who's the best that year? And mm-hmm. R and B doesn't get that same nod. But I would say, I would say if a, it's it's just not as competitive anymore. And I think if if Baby was to say it, then it then it would be a thing where it's like, all right, well, nigga, show and prove. It's kind of like how Ti had to prove he was the king, king of the south up. at one point because he was saying it, and niggas was like, yo, you bugging, you ain't no fucking king of the south, and then. He was coming out consistently. And then 2000, 2006, he was running the tight ship between him and Wayne because that was around, around the same era where he was on fire, you know? But he was saying he was a king of the South. I wish, I wish that that would have happened. They had, like, two, like, little jab because yeah. they, they were very friendly. Like, their kids yeah. grew up together. So, yeah. like, they were, like, very good friends. But I wish. I think T.I. would have been about it, but Wayne would have just kept rapping and ignored him. Yeah. But T.I. was very much about the sport. Wayne would have just kept rapping like, all right, nigga, but whatever. But they would be on songs, and Wayne would do better than, than Tip, but nobody would say anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I I, do, I just think that, like, right now, like, it's, it's Lil Baby and Lil Dirt, and, like, I think I'm missing somebody, and I don't know why I'm having, like, a brain fart right now, but... Um, well, we said, we mentioned NBA Youngboy in the past. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, NBA and he's, out of, he's out now. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I would never, like, argue, like... And, like, the, I guess, you know, that's just me being old, right? Like, as time goes on, like... Moments later. Sorry, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. So, just as, like... When you think about it, when you think NBA Youngboy, when you think Lil Dirt, when you think Lil Baby, you just don't think, you don't think lyricism. You think mm-hmm. like they make really good, you think that they make good songs, that they might have like good hooks or something like that. Is that, no. Is that for you? I'm trying, yeah, let me go outside. Alright, so we're no longer talk, say anything about our real names, okay? Everybody, you already know, I told you guys with the dress code. Oh, dirty bastard. I said black and white suits. Where's your, where's your black and white? Why do you have on a church shirt, suit? And where's your shirt? Hey, you got no shirts. That's a, lot of, no shirt. that's a lot of chest hair. That's a lot of chest hair. It's cold out. You still got the tag on it, bro? Outside in the night, outside in the day. Looking back. Ready? Mm-hmm. I forgot what. Oh. I forgot where I was because that shit distracted me so crazy. Oh, um, shit. But we were just talking about the, the I know, young boy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, like, with artists like, with artists like Young Boy and um and Dirk, and um and Baby being at the forefront right now, I think if one of them was to come forward and be like, "Yo, I'm the best rapper alive," it'll put a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. to to step up or to say something. And, you know, blogs will run crazy with it at first. It'll be a whole spectacle. But people should realize that it's no different. And it's just to step up the competitive nature. It's no different than Kendrick in the control verse. That's all. It's not a diss. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
as far as like this mixtape, right? In two thousand and six, mm-hmm. like, do you think that like Wayne? Do you think Wayne peaked at the dedication too? Because a lot of people say that. Um, I think I think Carter three was where it started dwindling a little bit. I feel like Carter three is when he got tired, but it just so happens that Carter three was when he got the overall fame that he deserved from that time. I think it just so happens he got the shine that he deserved with an album that wasn't as good as everything that he was putting out before. I think that he was like burned out and I think that it was like um a lot of a lot of people around him failed him. And when I say that, I mean as far as like uh handling like his music and handling him and like you know like with his like drug addiction, well drug abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, as far as, like, his music being handled, I think that, like, he kind of, like, got let down in that sense where, like, a lot of people didn't do what they were supposed to do on their end as far as making sure that he was able to do the best, be able to give us the best. Like, even as far as, like, the, the gun charge in New York, like, there's no reason why he's on the bus, like, that he was the only one that went to jail. Mm-hmm. Just I- things like that. I just think, like, he was just failed, and I think that, like, uh, he probably could have been, like, bigger like, I know he was a big artist, but what I'm saying is, is like, I'm talking about, like, Drake big. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking, like, Snoop Dogg big. Yeah. If, you know, certain things were, like, handled properly. And well, on. when you say Drake big, what do you mean? Because he, I mean... I mean, like, Drake is the face of Nike. Okay. So, I mean, that, like, Lil Wayne, like, getting, like, endorsement deals. And yeah. You know, it's like, Wayne is, like, known, and, like, people know who Wayne is, but I think that, like... Obviously, it was harder to endorse him because you know what I'm saying like he has dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, he has he has you know locks. Mm-hmm. He has tattoos on his face. He's short. He's brown skin. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he has gold teeth. Like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. he might. Well, he does actually. Wayne does speak well, so I want to say that he doesn't speak well. He actually mm-hmm. speaks very well. Mm-hmm. But I just think that in certain like things that like he portrays, like I just feel like it was he wasn't as safe as a, a Drake. But I think he deserved all of that. Like I yeah. think he was very worthy of it, and I think that he's artic- he was articulate and smart enough to like carry the flag for hip hop. I just think with certain shit, um, Wayne is an interesting artist because I don't think he moves. He doesn't move with intention of the money. He moves out of the love first, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that goes into why he was so successful as a mixtape artist because mixtape is a free form art. So like. Is these artists putting out their work, you know, of course, now it's monopolized and they found different ways to... Titles don't really mean shit anymore. So titles don't mean as much as they did back then, right? But Wayne's love for rap has always shined through. And I think that's kind of bit him in the ass that he hasn't... He didn't take on the entrepreneurship that he should have. Because I don't think he had an interest. And I think rap kind of just... um only thing that he had lined this up like truck fit like he did little dumb shit around the way that like mm-hmm. he didn't really capitalize off of like he could have and um and people like people like drake and nikki you know nikki aligned her aligned herself with different shit nikki did movie features like they just did different things outside of just rap and i think wayne's pure love is 100 rap. rap yeah that's all that's true yeah but- I guess, like, for me, I just always, like, think about that, like, yo, like, when, you know, because it's just, like, in every, like, in everything else, when you're you typically the best at something, like, you kind of, like, get all the accolades, but I guess that's, like, an inkling, like, um, 
Are you familiar with the actor Daniel Day Lewis? Mm-hmm. Wayne is like Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't even know what the fuck Daniel Day Lewis look like because he becomes all the characters that he that, yeah. he, that he portrays, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that Daniel Day Lewis is one of those actors like he strictly loves acting. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you don't you're not going to see him in a commercial promoting no brand. You're not going to see him on no billboards. I mean, shit. I don't even remember seeing him in press junkets for the films that he's doing. I know he has, but it's not like promoted like that because you can tell like that. He's kind of like one of those people like that don't really want to do anything besides yeah, the work. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like what Wayne does. Like you know, Wayne's passionate about sports, so you'll see him on first take with mm-hmm. Skip Bayless and stuff. Like I mean, I'm sorry, undisputed with Skip Bayless, but yeah. Besides that, he don't want to. He's not interested in a lot of other shit. So yeah, that's true too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Drake and Nicki, like they're 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 interested in like expanding their brands and everything like that. They brand, yeah, they branched out. Drake wants to be the face of things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he lo- he's losing a lot of money from having a face tattoo. Drake, yeah. And yeah. Wayne told him to never do that. Like, yeah. When he visited him in jail, he said, yo, don't get no tattoos. Like, you, I see you got one. Mm-hmm. Then that was like his first horrible tattoo. I think. Yeah. Like, it was the Aaliyah tattoo. Oh, like, he has a bunch of terrible tattoos now. Yeah. That, that That's like a whole nother episode in itself. <laughs> but um, as far as dedication goes, man, I don't think, I think this is his last pure form of rapping that like before, before mixtapes turned into something completely different. I think he still misses this essence, though. Like, um, I don't know when they'll come out with that mixtape documentary that they showed at Tribeca, but he got a chance to really talk about his love for mixtapes and how he sees the pure form of mixtapes being um, getting somebody else's beat. He he defined it as not being original content. He defined it as being rapping on somebody else's beat, taking on the challenge of rapping better than them, bodying them on their own shit. That's what mixtapes was built off of. And he said that's the pure form that he loved. Now, where it's at today, I don't think he rocks with. And I think um, it's all about putting these mixtapes on streaming services. But the mixtape was built off the rebellion of not being so accessible, not being Mm -hmm. on streaming, not being easily findable. Like, you can get a mixtape. Okay, my guy. You get a mixtape now where um, it's it's all like label labels are all under it, mm-hmm. and you know it's not it's just not built the same. And I think Wayne misses that. Even when he goes on his little rant in the in that documentary, you kind of see that. Yeah, it's kind of like the you know when um, when prohibition was a thing and alcohol was outlawed, mm-hmm. and you know like they had like speakeasies that were like these underground like places where people can go and enjoy music and socialize mm-hmm. and then when you know um it ended after the you know it end, after prohibition ended a lot of people weren't happy because they were just like oh shit like now i got to you know what i'm saying like now it's not as fun because like there's certain drinks and certain stuff that just isn't necessary a lot of people like lost money lost business because now it's legalized or whatever like that so it's mm-hmm. not as exclusive it's not as fun or whatever like that so i just think for Wayne like you know with what a lot of music labels did like they kind of helped kill it and that's what happened and that's you know why the whole raid happened to DJ Drama and mm-hmm. Don Cannon and all that stuff yeah and i think i think that just naturally happens when something when something gets popularized, a trend, you know, whatever it is, and it and it's built organically, money starts coming in, the big wits start coming in, the tie, the ties, everybody that doesn't even have anything to do with the culture, they come in and they come gut that shit and and get some yeah, money out so, of it. Yeah. 
and it ruins the art and cheapens the art. And I think that's where Wayne is at, where he's just like, well, fuck it. Um, but this is the this is art in its purest form. Dedication to, I mean, it goes without saying, this is five waffles, right? Yeah. It's five out of five waffles. It's the greatest thing that DJ Drama and Lil Wayne have like ever done in the mixtape circuit. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, is is no question um, for me. Like, there was so much anticipation for the second one. Like, what? There's going to be a second one? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the original dedication was, I was fine with that. Like, you know, but like, there's going to be a second one and it's better. Yeah. Like, I think that's like even more impressive is that like, they actually were able to top the first one. Yeah. That's very rare. And, and for artists like, an artist like Wayne, um, there's not many artists that have multiple mixtape series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, nigga got dedication, sorry for the way, no ceilings, like different series. Mm-hmm. And and they're not alike in any way. They all have their own special thing about right. them. Like Wayne and like Wayne is very good at making his sequels better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shit, even five nah, five hundred degrees ain't better than four hundred degrees. I'll take that back. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, te- yeah, he didn't do te- four hundred degrees, so right. it's fine. Um, but you know, Carter two is better than Carter one. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, man, one of the ghosts, a huge highlight in the culture. Dedication to. What else can I say? Five out of five. I'm first class, Reg. I'm Torian B. We out of here. Catch you next time. These are their stories. Dun, dun. 